Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out. Space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Meeting. Written by Anti-Money Squandering. The man shaded his brow against the setting sun as a small spherical craft landed just off his porch. He fanned himself with one hand and took a drag from his cigarette with the other. The door opened and an odd ship and the small ramp descended. Would you look at that? The man exclaimed and a small purplish creature slowly rolled down, its plump, wrinkled body sitting on a complex mechanical system, resembling a minuscule tank forged of gleaming metal. It drove up towards a small cottage and stopped just before the steps. Greetings, Earthman! The voice rang out in a tiny and robotic, emanating not from the creature but the machine. The old man rubbed the sweat from his forehead and breathed out deeply. His heart steadied. The irony of dying from a heart attack this late into his cancer would be infuriating. Greetings, he said back and took another drag. He paused, waiting for panic to grip him, but he remained stubbornly calm. He closed his eyes for a minute, scrunching tight and emphasizing his wrinkles. He opened them to see the alien still there before him. I come to offer you a gift and ask for one in return. Conversation between species. My senses indicate that you are close to expiration. I am also. In this way, we will not break the one convention. The man stared at the faintly squid-like creature for a moment. He glanced briefly back into the house, where his old shotgun has mounted above the fireplace when the words properly penetrated his tired mind. Unconsciously, he lay a hand on his withered chest, where the cancer raged unseen within. Then he nodded, walking down to lower his aching bones onto the bottom step. The creature reversed slightly and pulled in alongside him, looking almost like a child's toy. Together, they watched the sunset, the fading light falling upon the old skin and the alien's bright metal body. This happened often. You may be some hallucination brought on by this body of mine fading, but... Uh, on the off chance, the old man asked, rolling another cigarette, the moves practiced even with his arthritic fingers. The meeting of the dying, it's been known. On this planet, you are the first. I had to travel far. The old man nodded, lighting up. He took a deep drag, followed by racking wet coughs that had him hunched over. Eventually, he regained control, spitting into the soil beside him. The first, uh, don't think I was ever the first at anything before. They lapsed into silence, the man alternating looks at the fading sun and the small creature that was next to him. He'd seen a naked mole rat once and this thing resembled it, but deep purple in color, with a mess of wavering tentacles where its face should be. This mass was angled up towards him and he felt as if the alien was observing him in much the same way. Idly, he wondered if the thought him repulsive, a disgusting looking alien, and he chuckled softly shaking his head as absurdity of it all. What is it like, he blurted out suddenly, where you're from, I mean. It remained silent for a few minutes, though its skin slowly blurred from its purpled hue to a dusky orange and back again. 
The man watched in fascination, his question almost forgotten. It is different. The colors are different. We have less flora. Much of it is rock and trees of gigantic proportions. Little variety. We have more fauna, vast swaths of species. They fill the land below, the skies, all many seas. Our cities lie suspended in the clouds, apart from it all. It seemed to struggle to describe in a way that the man would understand. Our sky is what you would call green, lime. The clouds are straight lines. They are pink. Now that would be a sight, the man said. Better than boring blue and white, I suppose. It is not dull to me. The colors are incredible. Many hues and gradients. My planet is much more um, defined. The colors are distinct. They do not uh, merge with each other in the same way. The man nodded and then looked around at the view, a slight frown on his face as he tried to envision the alien's words. Giving up, he rubbed the temples and looked around him. For the first time in decades, he noticed the crisp cream of the grass, the bright yellow of the hay, even the earthy hues of the soil. He exhaled a cloud of smoke, and even that way that danced in the fading light was beautiful in a way. Is that food? The man turned to the creature, its tentacle-covered face seemingly fixated on his cigarette. He laughed another choking, coughing sound. It ain't food, it's a drug. You have drugs. It's an evil thing. Reason you're here with me, stubborn old bastard that I am. Don't really see the point in quitting now. Your terminal nature, it is self-inflicted. Through these white sticks. Sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, doesn't it? But yes... They're addictive, they make you feel slightly better. And we humans, we're all weak and gullible lot, rarely think of the consequences. The Cephalon are not without vices of our own. I misused the bioagents available to us in my youth, and subsequently, my rejuvenation organ is inert. The man patted the metal arm of the alien's contraption unthinkingly and nodded again. Not so different then. Imagine that. What are the people like on your planet? I'm afraid you wouldn't consider us the most civilized, still killing each other, still allowing people to die in pointless ways. Hell, if we found out about you selflings, we'd probably attack you too. It is the Cephalons, and yes, this is why we only allow the beating of the dying. It is a shame, but our race was the same a millennia ago. Much internal bloodshed, but we are older now, and we overcome it for peace. The man stubbed his cigarette out and rubbed his worn cheeks, the hair now too long to be called stubble. He reflexively rolled another, compensating for the slight shake in his hand. Well, maybe there's hope for us yet. Maybe I'll get to see it from the other side, if there is one. Don't suppose you'd know about that. The creature did not respond for a while, though lights flickered along the metal carapace and it filtered up the blue hue and back. No. We have no answers beyond this life, but we, like you, hold hope that there is something more. You have to hope, I suppose. I wonder if we have had the same afterlife, all the different species, like, all together at the end. I would like that. The man glanced down at the creature and smiled, throwing his cigarette to the ground and crashing beneath it as his worn boot. So would I, little buddy. So would I. End of story. Story number two. Worst Contact, written by Fermi's Folly. 
The little ship was shaped like a rounded arrowhead covered in lights with four stubby torch drives attached, two on either side. Scans indicated that it was minimally armed and possessed only the most rudimentary defenses. It was a pitiful little thing, obviously built by a polity, lacking the resources or technology to compete on a galactic scale. It warped its way right past the borders of the Grill Fraxis space without a care in the universe. It made no effort to hide its presence. Quite the opposite, it went out of its way to draw attention to itself. The ship broadcast messages by all manner of methods and on all manner of frequencies, often accompanied by a helpful self-running translator program on a carrier signal. We come in peace, it said. It was a laughable plea of the weak that the aliens would give up what little stealth they might be capable of to make it only proved how dull-minded they must be. The ship was obviously from an unimaginably small and consequently weak polity for them to have remained unsurveyed for so long. Probably the anus end of one of the far-off spiral arms, or even the middle of some backwater spur. What they were doing this far from where they were from was the question barely worth asking. In contrast, the aliens of the Gilfraxis were a strong polity, extremely strong, combined with Gilfraxis and their clients, statraps and allies controlled nearly one-fifth of the inhabitable systems in the galaxy. They were the largest galactic bloc with no legitimate rival to their supremacy. Their military might was unmatched. Their enemies cowered in fear of them. For this little shrubbug was brazenly violate their territory, and mule for peace was an insult that could not be endured. If they allowed it, they would lose face in front of the galactic community. The Galilfraxis Star Force immediately dispatched two Violator-class strife cruisers to intercept the ship, transmit a painstakingly translated message of hate, and then reduce it to a cloud of atoms and radiation. The World Cleanser and the Abominator were just given the honor. Both ships turned out to have more difficulty than anticipated catching up with the annoying little shrubbug. But as soon as the alien ship realized it was being followed, it slowed right down and let itself be intercepted. The strife cruisers went on high alert. Something must be up. The alien ship began sending over slightly longer messages. Experience translating the first allowed the ship's AI to spit out intelligible translation within a few kilocycles. This is Captain Anai of the Galactic Republic starship Wanderlust. We're explorers from a planet called Earth. We come in peace. May we ask who we are speaking to? The reply message was tweaked slightly to take into account the new communication. As soon as it was finished, the World Cleanser transmitted it on many of the same frequencies the aliens had been using. You speak to your superiors in every aspect. You are a low thing, unworthy of self-rule. Your plea for peace is denied. As a result of your violation of the Galilfraxis space, your ship will be destroyed, your home world hunted down, and your people reduced to client status. When this message terminates, you will die in fire. Glory to the Galilfraxis without beginning or end. World Cleanser and Abominator opened fire with a row after row of photon lance batteries and blew the alien ship to smithereens in a single salvo. Although several heartfelt expeditions were launched to find this planet Earth, the path of the alien ship was never successfully traced. 
Such an insignificant polity had hardly even worth the expenditure of resources to oppress. A little more than a megacycle later, another ship with a similar energy signals again violated Galil Praxis space. It was decided this time that the crew would be captured and tortured to discover the location of Earth. No further insult from them would be permitted. Again, the two strife cruisers were sent to impress upon the interlopers the power of the Galil Praxis. The torture garden and the end of hope would be given the honor of destroying the recalcitrant aliens. This time, the alien ship simply waited just over the border to be intercepted. As soon as the strife cruisers arrived, it transmitted a message, again with a helpful self-translator. This is Captain Sansa of the Galactic Republic warship Terra Invictus. I'm here on behalf of the people of Earth and the Milky Way galaxy to issue a formal declaration of war on the Galil Praxis. It had always been our hope of humanity that, having explored and colonized our own galaxy without ever discovering intelligent life, that we would finally find it in another. It is our deep regret that our first encounter with another star-faring race has led us to this. It is our hope that one day the children of our two people will work together in peace, but for the time being an example must be made. Consider yourself in a state of war with the Galactic Republic. It was the most absurd thing the crew of the entire ship had ever heard, the saddest, most transparent bluff in the entire history of deception. The torture garden and the end of hope opened fire with a full complement of photon lance batteries. There was no effect. The alien warship shields remained at full strength. The aliens fired twin beams of a kind the strife cruiser's sensors didn't know how to make sense of. They seemed to be accompanied by a carrier field that allowed them to slide right past their shields like they weren't even there. Both beams struck the critical systems, disabling both strife cruisers. Two more shots ruptured the matter antimatter containment of the engines. The torture garden and the end of hope were both annihilated. From where the Terra Invictus first emerged, thousands of Galactic Republic warships began to assemble. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.